You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Filato's Fantasy Corner here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host, Nick Filato, and we're about to dive in to a game by game breakdown of what's going to happen on Sunday. You know, we are rolling into the fantasy playoffs. Some fantasy leagues start their playoffs next week, so it's crucial to get these wins in now. It's been crucial all season, but it is now crunch time. So let's start with the New York Giants. Daniel Jones was just ruled out. Incredibly unfortunate, which means Mike Lennon is going to be stepping up against Brian Flores and his very aggressive defense that loves to run man coverage. Miami runs man coverage about half the time. So man coverage coverage when you go up against that there's a lot of plays that can be called from an offensive standpoint that can defeat man coverage the coverage is a lot tighter you need a quarterback who is willing to really kind of thread the needle and with drag routes with faster receivers there is a susceptibility against man coverage that can lead to big plays now with the pressure that Miami brings There's going to be a lot of quick passes from the New York Giants. There's going to be a lot of screens like we saw last week with the New York Giants. Can Mike Glennon pull that off? I would imagine. Now, I do not think the Giants are going to win this football game. I think Miami will win this football game, but that doesn't mean fantasy points cannot happen. With that said, I have Mike Glennon as my third lowest quarterback heading into this game. I think there could be a lot of mistakes, and a lot of the fantasy points that do come from the Giants' side could be in garbage time. So looking at this game overall, the over-under here is not sexy. It's 40 points, which I believe is the lowest on the slate, and the Dolphins are favored by six here. And I have Tua ranked as my 14th quarterback. I don't think of the Giants as an easy matchup from a defensive perspective, and that's not because they forced four turnovers. I mean, I guess that has a little bit to do with it, but it's just because their bend don't break. They don't give up a lot of explosive plays outside of some earlier in the season they've kind of returned to their 2020 form of being a defense that will give up the flats and then will rally and tackle and it's something that they've had success with but in this game it's not great fantasy wise a slam dunk start would be Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins and then you look at everybody else Kadarius Toney is not going to play Devontae Parker could be available here but I don't trust him to start right away Sterling Shepard could play and I think he could be a sneaky weapon against man coverage but I don't think I have the stones to exactly play him as of right now he's not somebody that I have ranked in my top 35 nor do I Darius Slayton and I can't really trust Kenny Galladay either because the New York Giants offense has not proven anything if I have Saquon Barkley or Miles Gaskin yeah I'm fine starting both of those guys Saquon I have as my 15th ranked running back I have Miles Gaskin as my 20 ranked running back and then Mike Gesicki is the only other player I really have in consideration. And I don't even have him all that high. I have him as my 12th tight end. That's a tight end one, but that doesn't really say much because all the tight ends are, you know, hit or miss. And Gesicki is somebody who can go off. The Giants have been susceptible against the tight end position in the past, but you look at his recent game log, and against the New York Jets, I mean, he had a solid output of 10 
full point fantasy points, but before that, he was goose egg. The last week, he had 4.7. He had 9.4 against Houston, 9.8 against Buffalo, and the last time he had a really significant fantasy game was all the way back in week seven against Atlanta. And I'm curious to see what the New York Giants are going to do, and I think a lot of it is contingent on Adoree Jackson's presence. If Adoree Jackson dresses for the New York Giants, I think he's going to be all over Jalen Waddle, and I think Waddle can win that matchup, but Jackson is a really good cornerback in his own right, so I think that could be a very, very fun matchup to watch, but that's going to move James Bradbury to Mike Kosicki if there is no Devontae Parker. So I'm excited to see how Patrick Graham, Brian Flores, how they kind of go at it here because we've seen James Bradbury be used on tight ends before in the past. We saw it with Travis Kelsey, did an excellent job there. Saw it with Darren Waller, did a really good job there as well. So I think it's a, a fun matchup to watch, but in terms of fantasy, this is not exactly a game you necessarily want to target. Now, moving on to Indianapolis and Houston. This is an over under a 44.5, not that much better, with the Colts favored by nine and a half on the road. So they're not a lot of fantasy points being projected for the Houston Texans. And there's not a lot of fantasy assets you want to roll with on the Houston Texans. Like if you have Tyrod Taylor in a super flex league, yes, you can plug him in. I have him as a top 20 quarterback. I have him at 20, but I just, I'm not really enthused about Teddy Bridgewater and Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Glenn and Mac Jones, all the quarterbacks I have after Tyrod Taylor. You, you want him to do more with his legs. And yeah, he had two rushing touchdowns two weeks ago, but he had 26 yards rushing, 24 yards rushing in the last two games respectively. And that's not all that much. It's two points, you know, two, two, two points and some change, but it's not like he's Jalen Hurts out there running around, gaining seven to eight fantasy points every time he touches the football. So I think that's important to note. Carson Wentz, look, the last time he played Houston, they ran the football a lot. Now, he ended up with 17 fantasy points, which is a solid start there. But I can see the Indianapolis Colts taking a big lead here with Jonathan Taylor running the football. And then Carson Wentz only throws the ball like 20, 21 times. And what's the upside of that? You know, it's not, a, it's not a huge upside play. If you want a guy who's not going to totally crap his pants, then yeah, Carson Wentz is fine. I have him right now as my quarterback 13. So I like him, but I'm afraid of the fact that the Colts can just run the rock right down Houston's throat and never really have to throw the football, which will limit the upside of their quarterback. So I will start him, but you have to kind of take that into account. As for running backs, Jonathan Taylor, you're going to start. I don't want anything to do with David Johnson or Rex Burkhead. If David Johnson sits, he's questionable. He didn't practice on Thursday with an illness and a thigh. Rex Burkhead, you know, becomes a little bit more interesting. But, I mean, do you really want to start a Texans running back against the fourth best rush defense on the year? I don't. But it's an option if you're desperate at this point in time. As for the wide receivers, Brandon Cooks, you know, he hasn't really done anything. He had one long catch of 40 yards that resulted in a touchdown but if it wasn't for that he would have been terrible last week now with that said I think Houston's gonna have to throw the ball a lot especially if Indianapolis does take the lead that a lot of people including myself project that they will he may get a solid target share here but that's not been the case the last two weeks against Tennessee and against the New York Jets now Indianapolis is a team that you can throw on. You can throw on Indianapolis. You look at their season ranks right now. They rank in the top 10 of allowing fantasy points to the wide receiver position. You look in the last four weeks, they rank in the top 12. So even recently, they're still surrendering fantasy points to the wide receivers. And that's with a game last week where Leonard Fournette scored four touchdowns. So that suppressed the wide receiver numbers overall. Now that's somewhat of an anomaly. So I think that could even be a lot worse as of the last four weeks. So I think that's something to take into account. Three receiver leagues, 12 team. Yeah, you could probably start Brandon Cooks, but he's not necessarily somebody that you want to rely on because it's just been so spotty. As for Michael Pittman Jr., look, last 
time he faced Houston, I think he had his worst fantasy game. He had 5.8 full point fantasy points. That was his second worst behind the Buffalo game in week 11. Now, it's mainly because Houston took a huge lead and they didn't really need him. And for whatever reason, T.Y. Hilton always has an amazing game against the Houston Texans. This guy's career numbers against the Texans is incredible. It's to the point where the team jokes about it. So it's something that the players and the team are aware of. And now T.Y. Hilton is healthy. So I think he could you know, have some plays designed for him to score some touchdowns, which is going to limit the upside of Michael Pittman Jr. Now in this matchup, you know if Michael Pittman Jr. does receive the target share and he does receive the looks from Carson Wentz, he has the capabilities to definitely take advantage of the Houston Texans secondary. So I think you're starting him if you have him. But again, limited upside in my opinion, unless he just ends up going off and T.Y. Hilton is blanketed for whatever reason. So that's kind of where I'm at with Michael Pittman. I think in DFS, he's 5,700 right now on DraftKings. I think that could be a good contrarian play. But it's not someone I'm overly excited about, which is unfortunate. And then you look at Jack Doyle, who's questionable, coming off of a huge game where he had seven targets, six catches for 81 yards, and a touchdown last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, he was limited in practice on Thursday, so it looks like he's going to play. I think there are better tight end options, like a Tyler Conklin and and guys like that that you can roll with. I mean, you could try to stay in the flames here, but I think this stuff is a little cyclical. And as we talked about a little bit before, this looks like it could be a much more running-based game. And as for Houston, there's really no one I'm I'm all that interested in. And then defensively, yes, you could start the Colts defense, which is 3,700 on DraftKings right now, one of the more expensive defenses. Moving on to Minnesota and Detroit. No Dalvin Cook in this game. He was out with a shoulder injury. He has two shoulder injuries. 47-point over-under with the Vikings favored on the road by a touchdown by seven points. Kirk Cousins, I think he's a smash start. I think Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are both smash starts here. Cousins is an excellent start as well. I have him in my top 10. He's my quarterback nine. The target share of Minnesota typically goes to two players now, especially now without Dalvin Cook there. And that is Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen looked touchdown regression. Everyone thought it was going to happen. I was very guilty of that. It did not happen. Adam Thielen is just a touchdown scoring machine. So you have to plug both those guys into your lineup. I'm not interested in any receiving options from the Detroit Lions outside of TJ Hawkinson. You hope that he gets going now. He only had three targets last week on Thanksgiving. You're lucky that he ended up scoring a touchdown in that game you want to see a little bit more from tj hawkinson i look at if there's somebody if you need a dart throw if you're very desperate josh reynolds who scored a touchdown on the opening drive for detroit last week he has a rapport with jared goff from their time back at the los angeles Rams. so that's a interesting name to throw out there but definitely not somebody you want to get cute with and start in even like three wide receiver 12 team leagues especially if you look at guys like you know sterling shepherd who are around because i don't have josh reynolds ranked either but i think it's a name that can be considered if you're incredibly desperate alexander madison smash start and then jamal williams definitely a start you want to roll with because there's going to be no deandre swift in this game and jamal williams is going to handle the lion chair have him as a running back too right now against minnesota a team that was just carved up by the run when they played san francisco but that was without dalvin tomlinson and that was that without michael pierce and michael pierce is back for this game and i believe dalvin tomlinson will be as well that's really going to shore up the interior part of that defensive line and also Anthony Barr could be back for this game I think he left that game with an injury he's a really good linebacker for Minnesota so I expect Minnesota's defense to be a little bit better however Jamal Williams is going to receive so many opportunities through the air and on the ground that you have to consider him and use him and as for somebody a a deep deep type of player to consider in incredibly deep leagues or uh, DFS if you want to get really cute just in case something were to happen to Alexander Madison who is the start you want to consider it would be the backup running back Kenny Ngawa, who is their 
third string running back who's going to receive some opportunity, but he's not going to be fantasy relevant unless something happens to Alexander Madison, who I have as a smash start in this game at Detroit. And then you want to definitely look at Minnesota's defense. It's definitely something you want to consider as well. Let's move on to a game at MetLife Stadium with the New York Jets hosting the Philadelphia Eagles there. Second game in a row at MetLife Stadium, a 44 and a half point over-under with the Eagles favored by seven. A lot of road favorites in this game. And Jalen Hurts, I'm looking for a big bounce back spot here for Jalen Hurts after playing pretty poorly against the New York Giants because the Giants, I mean, they didn't even necessarily remove the running game because they ended up the Philadelphia Eagles rushing for over 200 yards. But Nick Sirianni threw the ball a lot and the Giants were very opportunistic and they took advantage of the fact that Hurts isn't that great of a passer as of right now. But I have him as my eighth ranked quarterback this week. I'm expecting a lot of rushing the football from Miles Sanders, who's another smash start, and from Jalen Hurts. I mean, we gushed about it at Big Blue View. The the rushing attack of the Philadelphia Eagles is so unique, how they use trap blocks and wham blocks on the same play, allow defensive linemen upfield, hit them from the side, which gives their O-linemen free releases up to the second level, putting a lot of stress on the safeties and the alley defenders and the secondary force defenders to make plays. And that's why they ran the football so well, not to mention they would base the zone read off quarterback power. And that backside defender had to respect the the zone read portion of it and not chase Jalen Hurts from the backside with two pullers from the backside guard and the backside tackle. They have a very unique rushing attack and it works because Jalen Hurts is such a good running quarterback. So... I expect that a lot against the New York Jets as well. And the Jets right now against running backs are dead last on the season and allowing fantasy points. And Miles Sanders is going to be healthy. He got dinged up against the New York Giants. Boston Scott's dealing with an illness. It's up in the air if he's going to play. Jordan Howard has been ruled out for Sunday's game with the knee injury that he's coming back from. So it might just be Miles Sanders and then Kenny Gainwell. And Kenny Gainwell, he's going to get his work a little bit. It doesn't seem like Sirianni likes to use one predominant back, but this could be a smash start for Miles Sanders, a running back that a lot of people have been waiting to break out. And as for the Jets, man, look, last week everyone thought Ty Johnson was going to go off. It was Austin Walter who received multiple touches. He had nine carries for 38 yards, and he got the goal line touchdown against Houston. He was a Houston kid, so they probably wanted to get him going a little bit, but I don't want to touch this situation because I have no idea who it's going to be now that Michael Carter is on the IR. Dallas Goddard, smash start. If you're really desperate, tight end premium leagues, Philadelphia has been one of the worst at covering the tight end position. And Ryan Griffin gets a handful of targets every week. So just somebody to consider. And definitely don't get too cute with it, like we say, but somebody to consider. And as for Devonta Smith, I think this is going to be a bounce-back spot. I think the Eagles learned, don't throw the ball to Jalen Rager all that often if you can avoid it. Now, the Giants did a good job eliminating Devonta Smith with James Bradbury and what they were doing in the secondary, which led... Jalen Hurts target Jalen Rager, who was up against Aaron Robinson a lot, a rookie that they wanted to kind of go after. I thought Robinson held up really well. And then when Robinson would make a slight mistake, Jalen Rager wasn't good enough to secure the football. So I think Devonta Smith could be in for, you know, the problem with him is he's only going to get like five or six targets, but I think he can secure these targets and be a solid fantasy asset, like wide receiver three type of fantasy asset. I'm a little bit more excited about Elijah Moore. There could be a lot of garbage time here. My thing with Elijah Moore is he's excellent with every quarterback not named Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson, Mike LaFleur, this Jets offense, they need to find a way to get Elijah Moore going when Zach Wilson is their quarterback. And I think there could be some garbage time here where the Jets can do it. And then, you know what, Elijah Moore, I think he's one of the better receivers in this draft that came out. He's gotten a lot of his fantasy production in garbage time, so there's nothing wrong with that. Those fantasy points count the same as any other fantasy point. And as for any other receivers in this game, I'm not interested in really any of them. Corey Davis is questionable in this game. It doesn't matter. I, I don't think I'd play him anyway. He's 
don't believe he practiced on Thursday, but he practiced on Friday. He has a groin injury. Looks like he could be available for that game, but either way, the only one I'm really interested in here would be Elijah Moore. He would avoid Darius Slay. All right, let's move on to Arizona and Chicago. So the Cardinals are coming off of a bye week, traveling up to Chicago to play the Bears with Andy Dalton. There's no Justin Fields in this game. The over-under is 43.5 with, you guessed it, the road team favored by 7.5 in this game. And Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are game-time decisions. It looks like they're going to play. It's not certain, but it does look like they're going to play. Andy Dalton should be the starter for the Bears, as I said. If Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are available, you're going to play them. You're definitely going to play Kyler. I think you definitely could play DeAndre Hopkins. The Bears are a are a team that they're not terrible against opposing wide receivers of late, but that's the last four weeks. On the season, they're pretty bad. They rank in the bottom 10, but of late, they've been playing a little bit better against opposing wide receivers. But again, last week, they played the Detroit Lions. So take that with a grain of salt, if you will. You can do better than to roll with someone like Andy Dalton in this game. I have him actually in my top 20 quarterbacks just ahead of Trevor Lawrence behind Matt Ryan, but I really don't want to entertain any of just that kind of area of quarterbacks in a one quarterback league. James Conner, love him this week. Have him as a top seven guy. Have him seventh. David Montgomery, I like David Montgomery as a running back two this week against Arizona. Arizona's run defense hasn't been as good without J.J. Watt, but they're still a solid run defending unit. And I just think the Bears need to get David Montgomery going through the air as well. So I think that's something they probably looked at after their Thanksgiving win over the Detroit Lions. So I like him a little bit more in PPR leagues. As for wide receivers, Hopkins, like I said, if you have him, you're starting him. Darnell Mooney is somebody you can entertain. Look, he had 16 targets two weeks ago against Baltimore. He had eight last week with Andy Dalton for, for 123 yards. Dalton was definitely looking at him deep. So I think he's somebody that you could definitely play in this matchup, especially with no Allen Robinson. It looks like that's not certain yet that he did not practice with his hamstring injury on Thursday. And then Marquis Goodwin is still dealing with his foot and rib injury, left him out of practice on Thursday. So it could be a large target share for Mooney while they're chasing points. But you also want to monitor the weather for all of these games that are outdoors because we're entering December. We are in December and it's very cold in some of these places up north. I mean, I'm sitting here in Arizona right now and it's like 80 degrees outside, but you know, it's not like that everywhere. So it's definitely something to uh, look at. I would always, I use NFLweather.com and there are a bunch of other websites that you can check all the team's weather and kind of make a, a decision. I wouldn't make a, a drastic decision based on weather unless it's incredibly windy or if it's very, very snowy. And it also depends on the quarterbacks that have played. Like if you got a quarterback who, you know, came from the SEC and is a young quarterback and has rarely played in the snow or had played in the snow in college and was bad, you may want to just reconsider your options just take it into account it's definitely not the full puzzle but it's just a little pieces of it I think Christian Kirk is also somebody you can play here he didn't do all that all that much against Seattle last time we saw them but with DeAndre Hopkins kind of slowly being brought back into practice and then if Kyler Murray does play I think Christian Kirk could see some downfield targets against the Chicago secondary that can be beat a little bit downfield throughout the season as we've seen. Tight ends, Zach Ertz, you have him, you're going to play Zach Ertz because Zach Ertz has just been playing well with the target share that he's given, especially without DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, last week 
or I should say two weeks ago, and nine targets, caught eight of them for 88 yards and two touchdowns. That's a huge, huge contribution there for your fantasy team. And if you're getting that many points from a tight end position, you're probably going to win your fantasy matchup. Now, will he do that this week against Chicago? More than likely not, but he's still going to be involved. You look at what Chicago does against the tight end position. They rank in the top 10 in terms of strength, so they're a little bit better against the tight end position. But I do believe Zach Ertz, is not going to be the focal point of what Chicago is going to want to shut down if they're fully healthy. So I like Zacherts this week, and I think Cole Komet is interesting because with Andy Dalton against Detroit, he had 11 targets. Now, Jimmy Graham got the touchdown, which is annoying, but Cole Komet, if he's available here because he is questionable, I think that's something that you can look into, but you also got to definitely look into his availability. So defensive-wise, Cardinals, I think, could be a solid start, but I'm not going to entertain the good old Bears. And James Conner, as I said before, man, he, he could be in for a smash start. He's only 5,900 right now with no Chase Edmonds in, on DraftKings. So check that out. All right, before we get into the Chargers and the Bengals, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Chargers travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. This is a 50 and a half point over-under, so a little bit better than what we've been going over recently with the Bengals favored by three points. Now, the Bengals have been running the football incredibly well with Joe Mixon. He's one of the smash stars, as is Austin Eckler. Not a, not a ton of analysis there. They're both excellent starts. I like Justin Herbert this week as well. He's kind of been a little frustrating to, to have in fantasy football because he has extremely high games, and then he has games where he you know, makes young quarterback mistakes. I still like him this week. I think Cincinnati is a difficult matchup. I think Joe Burrow is also a good quarterback this week. I have him as a quarterback one against the Chargers who are really difficult to throw on when they have Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. healthy. It looks like both of them are going to be healthy, but I'm going to trust in the over-under here. I think the Chargers really struggle to stop the run. This could be a huge Joe Mixon game once again, which is why I have Joe Burrow as a low-end quarterback one but still if I have him I think I'm probably going to roll him out there unless I have a Derek Carr or a Kirk Cousins or Jalen Hurts over him or maybe even a Taylor Heineke I think I would consider against Vegas as well over someone like Joe Burrow we haven't seen a huge game from Jamar Chase in a little bit and again he has a tough matchup here he's coming off of four straight games without 50 yards three of those games he didn't even crack 40 yards and that's the last time we saw him have a huge game was against Baltimore where he had 201 yards. It's like he just went off there. He's just been down recently and his price has seen it. And this is a tough matchup. But if you have Jamar Chase, you're not going to sit him. It's just kind of the way it goes right now. T. Higgins, look, he's getting a large target share. He had a huge game last week, but he's been very frustrating to have in terms of upside. I feel like full PPR leagues because of his the amount of targets he receives, he's been solid for you. I mean, he had eight targets last week, was excellent with him, had over 100 and yards had 114 yards a touchdown over 26 full point points there I have T Higgins as a high-end wide receiver three so I think in those types of leagues you could definitely start him but this is a tough matchup again that's one of the reasons why this could hit the under 
especially if the Chargers can't stop Joe Mixon. But I still think there could be sneaky quarterback production from both of these guys. Also, depending on the weather, something to definitely monitor. And as for the tight ends, look, Jared Cook, CJ Uzama. I think Uzama could be in for a solid matchup just because the Chargers have been really good against wide receivers, not as good against the tight end position. And we've seen Uzama just do nothing, 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 and then have a blow-up game. He has the athletic ability to get downfield. If he can avoid Derwin James, he could possibly score a longer touchdown. But there's more reliable options than him out there. Let's move on, though, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Look, Tom Brady's my favorite quarterback on this week. The over-under is 51. You have the road team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, favored by 10.5 here. Start all of your Buccaneers, like definitely. I think Chris Goblin's in for a bounce-back game. Mike Evans is in for a huge game. Tom Brady always torches Atlanta since he's arrived there, since basically they saw him in the Super Bowl when he was the quarterback for the New England Patriots. You want to start basically any, anybody who is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Obviously, Leonard Fournette coming off the four-touchdown game. Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Yeah, I'm plugging all them in. I'm not thinking twice about it. As for the Atlanta Falcons side of things here, Cordero Patterson is just do everything. He's basically their entire offense. You're going to start Cordero Patterson. I have him ranked very high. I think he's in my top 10. Yes, he's ninth right now against a tough rush defense, but they use him basically as a wide receiver. They use him in the receiving game out of the backfield and he's going to make up most of Matt Ryan's production I don't love Matt Ryan this week I have him near 20 as a as a quarterback I have him at a quarterback 17 and again it's not because I like him I think there could be garbage time here I think you can throw on Tampa Bay but I also just don't love a lot of the quarterbacks that are under Matt Ryan as of right now so that's kind of why I have him there this could be a, a really bad game for Matt Ryan as well I can see Tampa Bay trying to just scheme out Kyle Pitts it's gonna be a lot of production to Cordero Patterson and then someone like Russell Gage can step up and you know what he did last week I think you can start Russell Gage in those deep three receiver 12 team leagues but it's not somebody you should be excited about whatsoever moving on to Washington and Las Vegas the over-under in this game is 49 points with Vegas favored by one this should be a more competitive game which means I like a lot of the fantasy assets here I like Carr and Heineke as top 15 quarterbacks I think I have Heineke as my quarterback 11 where I have Derek Carr as my quarterback 10 so I think this could be a sneaky good fantasy game Josh Jacobs is questionable Washington hasn't been great at stopping the run recently or throughout the entire season. And yes, if you have Josh Jacobs, you're going to start him. Antonio Gibson, he's somebody that you're also going to look at starting because J.D. McKissick's probably not going to play in this game. And the Las Vegas Raiders allow the fourth most fantasy points to the running back position and the fifth most in the last four weeks. So I love Antonio Gibson this week, especially with no J.D. McKissick. I think you we may see some Jarrett Patterson, but he's not going to eat into the role too much. I think it's going to be Antonio Gibson's now, so we're going to see that expanded Gibson role that everybody's been waiting to see. Kenyon Drake, look, I'm not going to go down there. More than likely, he's going to get some receiving work, but Josh Jacobs is somebody where I think that's that's the running back you want. Now, in games where the Raiders typically win, Josh Jacobs has great fantasy games. And when they lose, he tends to not have great fantasy games. So this is the game they could win. So that's why that's another reason why I'm looking at Jacobs. I love Terry McLaurin this week against the Raiders secondary. The Raiders secondary isn't as bad as a lot of people would tend to think because they're the Raiders and they don't really have a lot of huge names. On the season, they rank in the top six in terms of strength. But in the last four weeks, they rank in the bottom 10. So that's kind of 
where I'm at with Terry McLaurin, and it's also because of the target share that he receives from Taylor Heineke. Now, they don't throw the ball a ton, but it seems like he has a pretty solid chunk of that target share. I think Logan Thomas is going to eat into that a little bit, but I think with the loss of Danny McKissick, could lead to more targets for Terry McLaurin, as will the loss of Darren Waller lead to more targets for Hunter Renfro, who I absolutely love in full point PPR leagues against the Washington football team's secondary that gives up the fourth most fantasy points on the season. They've been a little bit better in the last four weeks. I look at what Washington surrenders, and they're not as good against the slot. So I like Hunter Renfro this week. And looking at all these other receivers, look, I think Deshaun Jackson in best ball could be a guy you may want to look at, but he wasn't at practice with a calf injury. You're not 100% certain if that's going to kind of arise in the game. He's a player who's always dealt with injuries. You have to take that into account. He's coming off of a huge game here. I think if you're very desperate, you can look at his direction or possibly even Zay Jones's direction because he had seven targets, caught five and 59 yards against Dallas after Darren Walder left. Now, I think Foster Moreau is going to step into the role. I don't have either Jackson or Brian Edwards or Zay Jones ranked at all, so I, I want to make that clear. I mean, Brian Edwards, he's supposed to have this breakout year. The guy had one target in the last two games that he's played, so it's just been terrible for Brian Edwards. I don't like any of these receivers outside of Hunter Renfro, but it's more about desperation than you can look at Deshaun Jackson or you can look at possibly... Zay Jones, but I I wouldn't feel overly comfortable doing that. Curtis Samuel, somebody you may want to add in deeper leagues right now. I mean, he barely you know played last week, but that was by design. We know that he's a very talented player. Seems like he's getting healthier, but you're not going to start him this week. And as for these tight ends, love Logan Thomas this week, and I like Foster Moreau. Logan Thomas is going up against a secondary that on the season surrenders the second most fantasy points to the tight end position, and then Washington surrenders about middle of the pack. And I think Foster Moreau, we've seen him play really well. Darren Waller has missed games in the past. I think he's going to get, you know, six to eight targets. And then we can see what he does against a defense that isn't exactly great this season. So I like both of those tight ends. And I think they're both startable this week. Let's move on to Jacksonville and the Rams here. Now, everyone believes the Rams will blow out the Jags and this is in Los Angeles it's a 48 point over under with the Rams favored by 12 and a half points look you're starting Stafford here Stafford has not played well recently he had 26 fantasy points last week but he threw a pick six it wasn't exceptional play I mean he was sub 60 percent completion percentage doesn't look like OBJ is going to play in this game. It's up in the air right now. Daryl Henderson, his availability is also up in the air, although Sean McVay has alluded to him playing. It doesn't seem like he could play through a thigh strain, but we'll see if that happens. If he's not there, Sonny Michelle is a locked-in smash play. You have to play him if there is no Daryl Henderson against Jacksonville, whose defense isn't as bad as we tend to think Jacksonville's defense is, but their offense is so bad that their defense is out there entirely too often. And as for their offensive weapons... James Robinson is dealing with a heel and a knee injury. He was limited in practice on Thursday. That probably means he's going to play. And if he's out there playing, you're going to start him because he has the receiving upside. And you know that he's used near the goal line. He just has the role. I have him as my 16th running back this week, whereas Daryl Henderson is my 12th running back. And if Sonny Michelle is the one that gets the lion's share, Daryl Henderson sits, Sonny Michelle would jump from the 23rd running back all the way to around the 16th, around the James Robinson uh, range because this is a you know your home team favored by a ton of points against a offense that doesn't really sustain many long drives led by Trevor Lawrence who I 
don't love this week. I had him as my quarterback 19. Doesn't mean I love him, though. And these running backs, like I said, Daryl Henderson's there. You're going to play him. Sonny Michelle, if there's no Daryl Henderson, James Robinson, if he's there, you're going to play him. Cooper Cup, love him. Van Jefferson, I also like him as well, especially with no OBJ. There's going to be a lot of targets going in his direction. So he definitely has to be considered and probably plugged into a lineup. And then you'll look at Tyler Higby. I like Tyler Higby. I have him in my top 15. I don't love him, but without OBJ, that probably goes up a little bit more, and you're probably going to entertain playing him because he's out there for like 95% of the snaps. James O'Shaughnessy, without Dan Arnold there, O'Shaughnessy comes back. He's healthy. I'm probably not going to go in that direction just because I don't want to rely on anybody on the Jacksonville side of the football other than James Robinson and maybe Marvin Jones, but I'm probably not going to even do that. This is going to be a dangerous environment for Trevor Lawrence. I believe I have Marvin Jones ranked. I may need to reevaluate that, if I'm going to be honest, and that's my current confidence level in the Jacksonville Jaguars offense as we look at it. And then that Cooper Cup guy. Yes, you're going to be starting him. The Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, some of my favorite non-NFC East games to watch. 44-point over-under at Pittsburgh with the Ravens favored by 4.5 points. Pittsburgh does not look great. You have Mike Tomlin calling them out. You have Chase Claypool saying, hey, if we have music at practice, we'll play better. It's just not a great situation what's going on in Pittsburgh. And Baltimore is a team that's playing good football right now. You had Lamar Jackson throw four interceptions last week, and they still were able to find a way to win that football game. And that's what good football teams do. Even when your best player is playing bad, you still find ways to overcome their bad play to secure dubs. And look at Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's just an absolute stud, even with terrible one of his worst games of his career he still had 13 fantasy points because he has a baseline for running the football so much I mean last week he had 17 carries for 68 yards and again that's not even he had a 13 yard run it's not like he's breaking off long runs he's just sustains drives with his legs because teams are so worried about what he can do which allows Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray to do their thing so Lamar Jackson is a smash start top five guy Ben Rossberger do not want to entertain that Najee Harris are going to play. I think you can play Devonta Freeman as well. Look, he had 16 carries in the last two weeks, both 16-16. He fell into the end zone against Chicago. Now, his yards per carry hasn't been great. You might want to close your eyes or you hope that he's involved in the passing game a little bit more. And that's kind of where he's been doing a lot of his work. He wasn't the last week, and that's why he didn't have that great of a fantasy output. But still, I have him as a low-end running back too. More of a flex guy you'd probably be a little bit more comfortable with. And then Latavius Murray, he gets goal line carries as well. So I have him as a flex option. I'm not overly excited about either guy. But I think Baltimore could beat up on Pittsburgh a little bit, or this could be just an ugly game with a lot of running. So there could be a lot of opportunity there. And it's not like Pittsburgh's defense has been all that great against the running back position. Everyone thinks that they have been, but in the last four weeks, they give up the third most fantasy points against the position. So look, on the season, they've been better than that. They're about middle of the pack-ish. And as for Baltimore, they're a good defense, right? But they give up big plays, man. They just give up big plays. Now, can... Ben Roethlisberger arm make their big play susceptibility a thing? I'm not really 100% sure. He can't really press the ball downfield. But I think this could be a sneaky game for Chase Claypool. He's getting the targets. You know he has the air yards. So that's just a name to, to keep in mind if you're looking for a big play, a boom type of player. I think Chase Claypool could be that guy. Marquise Brown is that guy as well, even though he's not necessarily utilized in that manner, at least as much. We've seen it throughout the season. You're going to play Marquise Brown. He's a top 20 wide receiver, as is Deontay Johnson, who I believe is a top 12 wide receiver for me. I have Deontay 
as my ninth right wide receiver, whereas Marquise is my 14th wide receiver. And I think Rashad Bateman in three receiver leagues, if you're desperate, is somebody that they might want to start to get going against a weaker secondary in Pittsburgh. But it's not something you're necessarily excited about, especially with Sammy Watkins also being present on the field and kind of bring his snap share down a little bit. Love Pat Fryermuth. Love Mark Andrews. Fryermuth has to clear through the concussion protocol, but he practiced fully on Thursday, so that's a good sign to see him out there. I have him as my ninth tight end, where I have Mark Andrews as my second, just behind Travis Kelsey. And as for the defenses, you like the Ravens a little bit more than the Steelers because you see what's going on offensively for Pittsburgh. It's not great. San Francisco and Seattle. This is a game with an over-under of 46 with the 49ers traveling to Seattle. Favored by three and a half points. A lot of favorites on the road, man. Just a ton. I don't really love either quarterback. You know, they want to run the football. San Francisco, that's what they do. That's their identity. Jimmy Garoppolo, he doesn't throw the football all that often. I think this could just be a bet the under type of game here between two offenses one that's predominantly a run football offense an efficient offense in doing so working the play action pass and another one that's just terrible right now I mean Russell Wilson has not been playing good he had 20 fantasy points last week but that was because he was going up against Washington and Washington gave up a long touchdown pass at the end of the game to make interesting but I have Russ right now as my 15th ranked quarterback. Jimmy is my 16th ranked. It's kind of where I'm at right now. I don't love either option, but I think if you have Russell Wilson, you probably don't have a better option unless you have a Jalen Hurts or a Taylor, even a Taylor Heineke I might even consider over him. And I don't feel great about that, but it's not like Russell is doing a lot to inspire anything for me. One play I love in this game is Elijah Mitchell, man. Elijah Mitchell, we saw him last week, just absolutely annihilate Minnesota with when they were injured up front take a look at Seattle's defense. They're terrible. They surrendered the most fantasy points to the running back position in the last four weeks and the second most on the season. So they're just giving fantasy points away. So I love Elijah Mitchell. I actually have him as a top five guy this week. I don't want to start any of these Seattle Seahawks running backs. The wide receivers here, no Debo Samuel opens up a huge opportunity for Brandon Ayuk. So I I, I do like Ayuk this week as a wide receiver two, a high-end wide receiver two. I think Juwan Jennings is the other wide receiver. Kyle Shanahan said that he's the number two right now with no Debo. He had a touchdown last week. I'm not going to entertain it, especially I'm not going to take Shanahan at his word because he's kind of uh, frustrating to, to have fantasy players on his team because he will say one thing and then he'll Trey Sermon them, and that's become the verb now. As for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, look, I think Tyler Lockett, I, I have him ranked higher. I have them both as low-end wide receiver twos. I think this could be a squeaky wheel game for DK Metcalf. So I think we may see more targets funneled in his direction after a four-target, one-catch-for-13-yard game. He hasn't had a good fantasy game since week eight, so I think he could be in for a solid one against a secondary in San Francisco that's not all that great right now. I mean, they they surrender about middle of the pack when it comes to fantasy points on the year. In the last four weeks, it's a little bit worse than that, but it's still not atrociously bad but I look at DK Metcalf I think he could take advantage of some of those cornerbacks and I think he's going to have the opportunity to do so as for the tight ends Gerald Everett since Russell has come back from the hand injury has seen a lot of targets man and he had a touchdown last week he's not doing a ton with them but in terms of tight end production if you're desperate you could do worse than a Gerald Everett and I have Gerald Everett right now ranked in my top 14 I have him at 14 and uh, George Kittle, he's smash start. I mean, he's my fourth-ranked tight end. As for Sunday Night Football, Denver and Kansas City, this is an over-under of 47.5 points. 
I don't believe the Broncos have ever defeated the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs are nine and a half favorites, but these games are typically competitive from what I remember. Vic Fangio, very good defense. You know, they're going to do everything to stop Patrick Mahomes, but you have Kansas City coming off of a bye, and we know Andy Reid coming off of a bye and what that means. So, you know, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Aware, Patrick Mahomes, starting them. Now, Chiefs that aren't them, Daryl Williams, what do you do with him? He's going to be used in the passing game. I have him as a flex option. He's my 25th ranked running back right now. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit here. I don't think they're just going to be, you know, establishing the run all the time. And he is utilized as a receiver. Last week, or two weeks ago, I should say, he had three targets with Clyde Edwards-Alaire there. You know, I look at Daryl Williams, and I'd rather go with a Matt Breida or Sonny Michelle, Devonta Freeman, Damian Harris. You know, I would even consider a Naheem Hines over him. But that's all because Clyde Edwards a layer. So that's where I'm at with Daryl Williams. You've got to be a little bit desperate to kind of plug him in. But a flex option in, in you know, those 12-team leagues, deeper type of leagues. Tyree Kill, obviously starting. Travis Kelsey, obviously starting. And as for these Denver Broncos, look, Melvin Gordon might not play, which opens up a huge opportunity for Javante Williams, who is the only, I think, Bronco I'm really comfortable with starting. I think you can start Noah Fant, you know, but he had 12 yards last week. And the week before, he, he had a solid game, but he hasn't really done all that much all season. And then you look at Jerry Judy. Is it going to be Tim Patrick? It's going to be Cortland Sutton. I have some of these guys ranked. I have Sutton and Judy ranked. They are all wide receiver threes to me. So, you know, flex option in, in two wide receiver leagues. I'm not enthusiastic about playing any of them, but one of them can have a good game. But who's it going to be? I'm not all that sure. So this game is a little bit more cut and dry in terms of fantasy football. I think a sneaky play could be the Chiefs defense here I think you know Harrison Bucker kicker is also a solid play as well Denver's typically not terrible against field goal kickers but I think the Chiefs will be able to move the ball solidly probably not as well as we saw in Sunday Night Football last time they played against the Raiders but I think they'll be able to move the ball okay and I think Denver's defense can kind of clamp Patrick Mahomes down and force some field goal attempts but still all in all it's going to be hard to cover Tyree Kill, Travis Kelly, and all those players that the Chiefs have. Let's move on to the last game we're going to go over, and that is New England at Buffalo. And this is a really, really important game, Monday Night Football. The Buffalo Bills are at home, and they're only favored by three. And then it's a 42-point over-under. A lot of people are picking Mac Jones and the New England Patriots to to win this football game. But in terms of this football game, it's it's not great from a fantasy perspective. You saw the over-under. It's low. You know, it's not great. If you have Josh Allen, you're going to roll with him. If you have Stephon Diggs, you're more than likely going to roll with him. I have Steph Diggs as a you know, top 10 wide receiver still. I think he's going to be force-fed targets, but we know how Bill Belichick likes to take top options away and then and then rely on his other defenders to, to eliminate or just mitigate the danger of the secondary options of Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley and even Dawson Knox now. So I think we're going to get a little a little gross type of game here, low scoring type of game, a lot of running the football. I think New England saw what Indianapolis did against Buffalo, and they're just going to be like, okay, well, we're going to run the football down your throat because that's our identity too. So you're going to see a lot of Ramondre Stevenson. You're going to see a lot of Damian Harris. I would start Damian Harris in this game. I have him as a running back two at 22. Ramondre Stevenson, more of a flex option. And then Matt Breida and Devin Singletary, I don't want to entertain. I think Breida can get a couple dump offs here. I have him as a flex type of option. You know, I don't love it. But I think the Bills are going to have to do something to to get their offense going. And I think the main focus of Bill Belichick will be stopping Stephon Diggs and stopping Josh Allen, which could open up some opportunities for these running backs. But I'm not excited about it. I think Kendrick Bourne, 
and Jacoby Myers could both be in consideration here. You just don't know exactly who's it going to be. Kendrick Bourne plays a little bit of a lesser role, but when he's out there, he's just playing really, really well. I mean, this guy had 23 fantasy points last week, and then he had nine the week before, and then he had 24 the week before that. So he's, he's hit or miss, but there's not going to be any Tredavious White here. He tore his ACL. It's you know incredibly unfortunate, but you look at what the Bills have done against opposing wide receivers, and you say, well, that's great, but without Trey White, it's going to be a little bit less. Defense is still stud defense, but that doesn't mean Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers can't have a solid game here without that top cornerback. It's just whose it's going to be. And it's kind of the question in this game. Who is it going to be? I think Hunter Henry is somebody you can start, have him as a top 12 tight end. So not a great Monday night fantasy matchup here, but there are the big guns that you're probably going to roll with and hope that Josh Allen does what he did last year against the New England Patriots. All right, everybody. This is Nick Filato. Please, everybody head on over to Big Blue View. This has been Falato's Fantasy Corner. We have a lot of great content going out about the New York football, Giants football, fantasy, and all things you love. All right, everybody. Take care. Be well. Be safe. And I'll talk to you soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.